0: Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms.
1: Now, your host Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, this is actually the third episode of the series that we are running this week for the launch. is the third episode of the week. And today I'm with Mark. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. And we are going to talk about seven ways to make more money with your existing websites. But before I start, I just want to you know, explain why we're doing this series. And the reason we do that is because we are relaunching Atari Hacker Pro next week on September 12th. And yep. it's just a way to share a bunch of stuff that we know. Before, we actually let you in the course that we've been working on for over a year now. There is over 200 videos in there. There is a pretty active Facebook community. And it is pretty cool. You will see what happens on September 12th. But if you want more information, go on authorityhacker.com slash pro. And you will be able to sign up for the early birds list. And we're going to give a discount to people that sign up to that list when we launch it in the first few days. So I, I highly recommend You go there if you're interested in building authority sites the way we do it and stuff. Now, let's jump into the actual podcast and talk about these ways that you can use to make more money with an existing website, whether it's like a small affiliate review site or something a little bit more developed. You know, there's going to be something for you in there. But before that, Mark, can you just explain like the overall framework we're taking for essentially all of these methods?
0: Yeah, so if you think of your website business as a way of... Taking traffic and then certain amount certain percentage of that traffic will click on a banner ad or click on an affiliate link or buy your product something like that so how we're approaching this is we're going to find out what is working for you already and then either do more of that or in order to improve traffic, or improve the conversion rate, improve the percentage at which you can convert that into some profitable stream. Okay,
1: that's pretty simple, but I think that's good to lay it out. So let's talk about the first one. And actually, the first one comes from the Otaria Hacker Pro community. It comes from one of our early days member called uh, Kevin, who has been optimizing his Amazon affiliate revenue. I know a lot of people that will listen to that. That's what they do. They do Amazon affiliate sites that you know they're looking to leap into something bigger. But right now, this is what's making them money. So let's talk about a way for these people to make more money. And usually, the way you go about optimizing your Amazon affiliate site is that you do keyword research. Because people buy from searching for high uh, buying intent keywords, such like X review or best, that was the example of Spencer, best survival knife. And then people land on that page and there is a bunch of opportunities. People pick the one that matches them the best and they buy. Now, the way most people do is they find keywords and they just try to make more content around that. Now, what Kevin did is instead of doing that, he actually exported the affiliate report that you get in the Amazon Associates backend. And he figured out the 20% of products that generated most of the revenue. Like everything, there is a minority of transactions that generate most of the money. And so he found these out just using Excel, right? You can export a CSV and use Excel and essentially find what generates the most money. And then once he found out which products were generating the most money, he did two things. The first thing he did is he went back to these few pages, like four or five pages that generated most of the money, and he... Essentially, tweaked his call to actions, make them bigger, make them more prominent, so that more people click through, and essentially, you know, it's a huge increase in revenue. The second one that the second thing he did is like, well, now that he knew which kind of keywords people were coming in that generated the most revenue. It's easy for him to, to, you know, not necessarily look at the competition. He was less afraid to go for higher competition keywords. But in exchange, he knew that if he could run these pages, they would make way more money than the average page that he does. And so he used this as a base for keyword research, looked less at competition but more at return on investment, was willing to promote more, essentially made more money. So I think that is a cool way that you know, people that have Amazon websites can use to make more money faster than they would with just traditional keyword research. Do you want to talk about the second point?
0: So similar to, to, the, to the first one, actually, um, at least in terms of the, the, the framework, and it's, it's all around analyzing your top performing pages in Google Analytics in terms of traffic. And you can look at sort of your top 50 pages, say, and there's two different things you can do with that. One is you can build similar pages in order to grow traffic. And two is you can optimize these existing pages to so that they converts better. You make more money. Now it's a relatively simple process. Go into Google Analytics, behavior, site content, and you can uh, extract a list of uh, your top performing pages. Probably over the last month or three months, maybe.
1: I like three months. I just find it. Like you know, sometimes you get big drums from social media or something. It evens out more.
0: Yeah, sure. And then if you're going if you're looking to grow your traffic to build similar pages, then what you want to do is take that this list and look for similarities between the top performing posts. So that could be they are all say reviews or they're all list posts or you know recipes or something to do with the structure of the content or yeah yeah, they may all be on the same subtopic so in health ambition ages ago we noticed there was all of our juicing blog posts were doing particularly well so then we took juicing as a as a subtopic and did a bunch keyword research in that identified many more keyword opportunities and you know produced that content a few months later ended up getting a lot more juicing traffic so that worked now, the other thing you can do is to identify the pages which get a lot of traffic and then optimize them further so that they convert better. And this is true if you've been running your site for a while. As you go, you probably get better at monetizing things, at knowing what kind of offers there are out there, what kind of products people want, all this kind of thing. And you know, generally, when you're starting a site, it's easy to, to overlook certain things as well on your on your page and so i mean you did this fairly recently right i think the other weekend yeah. just basically went through um the top 50 pages was it and held it yeah the i mean
1: thing. yeah it's 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 pretty simple it's like a lot of pages when you do especially when doing <laughs> for informational content you know like answering questions that kind of stuff mm-hmm. they will you know, some of them will take off and get a lot of traffic. Yeah. But they don't necessarily make you a lot of money. Like you, you have your standard monetization, you know, you might have some advertising around, you might have a few other things, but there is definitely opportunities to make more money. And so what I do is I pick these top fifty pages and I basically basically I look like if we mention any kind of product, any kind of you know, supplement people can take in the house niche, whatever that means inside the content, that answers the question essentially. And there I, I go deeper and I, I try to find, like, either add content that mentions more products and links out to, in that case, Amazon. And then if it works out, then I'll find an affiliate program that makes more money. And I'd also, I also like using these, these widgets for Amazon, these native ads. So, for example, if you actually check a blog post on health emission about like, how to stop farting, because I love this example. <laughs> You see that at the beginning, it was just an informational post and writers, they don't oh, wait, really I mean, we
0: were trying to, trying to just get traffic, uh, build links to that, that page yeah. back then. It wasn't like designed to make any money per se.
1: And and you know, writers, they're just not very good at at linking monetization with content usually, especially content like that. So I actually like Googled a bit more. I figured out like some supplements people can take, like they can take activated charcoal, they can take probiotics, et cetera. And what I did is, I mean, first of all, we made supporting articles that have, you know, so in that case, we have like best probiotics for bloating, and we have, you know, best charcoal pills for whatever. So we could rank for these keywords. So that is essentially the tip you just, the tip that we talked about just before. Mm -hmm. And then we also added these Amazon widgets inside there, and some paragraphs about these different supplements people can take. So that essentially it's like it becomes part of the answer, and people can naturally click through and buy, and that generates more money. So that. That pretty much doubled the revenue from from that one piece of content, and you know you do that on your top fifty pieces of content. That's probably like eighty, ninety percent of your traffic, and then yeah, it's like you you can generate quite a bit more money without getting more traffic. Without creating more content, without spending any money as well. So that's why I really like that tip, together with the tip I talked about that uh, Kevin talked about. It, so if you mix these two, it's quite a bit more, actually. I
0: think with the, the thing which is different about the looking at your, your traffic the, from Google Analytics is that you can actually identify, there are many cases, for example, in Health Ambition, where we I'm talking about a juicer. And it had gone out of stock or a newer yeah. model had been released. and But the page was still sort of promoting a, an out of stock or a um, discontinued item on Amazon. And because of that, obviously, we weren't making any sales. So it wasn't showing up in our Amazon report. But just by going through this process of going down the, the top 50 list, we were able to identify a few cases where that was that was an issue and then find suitable alternatives and replace those links.
1: Yeah, that also allowed me to build customized call-to-actions, right? So, for example, we have we have an article about like juicing for skin, I think, like to get better skin. And within that, the people need to drink green vegetable juices, right? And there's actually, you know, there's different technology with juicers, and it's better to use what they call a masticating juicer. So I actually made a custom call-to-action saying, these are the best juicers for these kind of juices. And then people actually have only these masticating juices and that, which are actually more expensive, so we make more money. Right, um, and
0: it wouldn't have been worth doing that at the start when no. we didn't know whether that was going to be successful or not. It's only having the knowledge that we're getting, you know, thousands of visits a month to that page that it then becomes worth to spend the time. Yeah, it's, spending,
1: like, it's for spending 20, 30 minutes on that and, uh, and optimizing it. Like, you know, it's like this is easily an extra, you know, 50 to $150 a month because yeah. that page gets more than 10,000 visits per month, you know? Yep. If that page was getting 100 visits per month, it's like it wouldn't be worth my time. But that, that, it's an easy, you know, if you can do that 50 times, it's a good, good increase in revenue. So, yeah, that, that allows me to just go back, make this customized call to action. And I use just the Amazon native ads widget. You should check it out if you don't uh, use that. And then, you know, if that does well, the next step is actually going to be to do even more research and find affiliate programs that pay more money. So I know I know for juicers there is one that there's like a one mysticating juicer that I talked about and you know they pay up to like thirty five dollars or forty dollars per lead or something and they pay a lot and if that if that works out well then I'm probably gonna be in making a more custom widget and mix Amazon with this kind of stuff to maximize the revenue essentially it's like it's incremental you know you first publish. You look at and 80% of your content doesn't do well and 20% does well and 20% of that does well. You keep incrementing the monetization as long as the traffic maintains and you're making more money from the last step. And that's how you make more money. And that's the, when there's traffic, there's money to be made, essentially. Yeah. And it's worth spending the time on it at that point. All right. Should we move on? I'll do yeah. I'll do the next one. So the next one is about A/B testing your lead generation form. So that is definitely for people that are probably a step above. That's for people that are building an email list. But a lot of people, I mean, I'm thinking about uh, Seppo from Acne Einstein. That is also one of our early age pro members, who you know he he had a site that's pretty successful. Acne Einstein is a great site if you want to check it out. It's a great authority site, but he never tested his opt-in. His lead magnet essentially, and the lead magnet is you know what you give to people in exchange for signing up for your email list. You know, like a free ebook, some videos, whatever you probably signed up for when you joined our email list. That is what a lead magnet is, and you know most of the time people they come up with a lead magnet idea. They're like, oh, I'm just gonna offer like seven tips to get rid of acne, I guess, in in the case of Sepal. and you know they do they just deploy that. They de- so they design a decent opt-in pop-up and sidebar widget, et cetera. And that's it. And it's out there. Usually, generally, it converts at like 2 3%. And this is never tested. This is one of the easiest ways if you're doing email marketing to double your revenue. What I like to do is I like to go around my competitors. So like, I take like 10, 15 competitors, and I figure out what they do. And if nobody's doing email, what I do is I look at, what kind of content is shared the most. So I use something like Bustumo or the Ahrefs Content Explorer, and I, I find what comes most popular on our Convito site, and that's essentially the ideas I take for our lead magnets. And then we use Thrive Leads. It allows you to you know, generate different versions of your pop up and it tells you which one gets the most conversion. You can also do that with Monster. You can do that with Sumomi Pro, but Thrive Leads is actually the cheapest and, for me, the best Technically and in terms of A-B testing. So I highly recommend it. We actually wrote a review, so you should check it out. And yeah, we run that. And you know, a lot of people when we say that, they say, Oh, but I don't want to create 15 lead magnets. That's not what we do. We tend to use a tactic called the oops page. And essentially, when people opt in, they land on a page that says, Oops, this lead magnet is not ready yet. I mean, we don't call it lead magnet, we call it free PDF or something. And we say it's not ready yet. So we'll be emailing it to you when it's ready. Now, we usually run the test for a few weeks, figure out which one's winning. And the one that wins, which tends to do twice better than the ones that don't work, we produce that one. You
0: really have to have quite different concepts, though. It's not like seven weight loss recipes versus eight eight (laughs) weight loss recipes. It's, It's like something about juicing or something about going vegan, something about living longer. Very different topics.
1: And you know, you know, inside Authority Hacker Pro, we talk about brainstorming all these things a lot deeper and building these A/B tests, etc. I'm just doing an overall review of the process right now. So yeah, so we do these things, and then once the one that once we figure out who the winner is, we produce it. We try to make it high quality. We hire we usually hire a designer. You can even do that on Fiverr. It can cost you as little as five dollars to get a proper PDF designed, and we email that to everyone. Now we understand that. Some people may have opted in for something else and they received that thing, And some people might not be happy to not be receiving the email right away. So it's true. It's going to generate some friction with the few people that sign up to your email list. However, is it worth like making disappointing a few people in exchange for having you know one thing that you know will double the revenue per thousand visitors in terms of email marketing for the rest of the life of your website? Absolutely. And a lot of startups do that. Actually, this is something that we got from the Lean startup. This is something that Buffer app used at the beginning to test their concept. And you know, a lot of big startups use that before they invest money into creating something. So it's not ideal in terms of user experience when you run that. The thing is to try to run this test for as little time as possible. But you can double your revenue if you do any kind of email marketing by running that one process. So I think that's really quite powerful. Another thing that I wanted to say as well is that, so that is testing your lead magnet. But another thing that we do as well, it's not just testing across the whole site. What we do as well is we take the different categories we have. So you talked about juicing, Mark, and we run tests on category level for different lead magnets. And usually when we segment our email capture per category, so if you're in the gisting category, you get a different pop-up that in, than if you're in the weight loss category, than if you're the in the digestion category, etc. In our case, usually when we do this, we apply the same principle where we segment it so it's it's more work, but it's usually double or triple the opt-in rate when the opt-in is more in phase with the content people came in for. So. Essentially, like if you run these things in terms of email capture, you're going to get a lot more emails. And if you're making money with these emails using email marketing, which we also talk about in Notary Hacker Pro, by the way, yeah, you can double or triple the revenue from there. I just want
0: to add a good way to identify potential areas to segment is to look on a page or a category level. And if you're using Thrive Leads, you can use the content marketing report, which is built into that, to look for low converting areas and then figure out what category they should belong to and then segment that way.
1: Yeah. All right. The next point is adding an extra business model on top of your existing site. And basically the principle is it's easy to grow your side by 50 percent when you're making $500 a month, it's like you just need to go to $750. It's very possible, and that's a lot of these case studies you see out there. Are like I grew 150 percent. It's like these people are not making much money. That's why it's easy to get high growth. Whereas when you're in f- the five-figure realm, you know $10,000 or more, you know growing 50 percent is definitely a lot harder. So growth definitely feels like it, you know, it slows down when you get bigger. And when you get to that point, usually the easiest way to add more revenue is to stack an extra business model on top of what you're doing with your existing traffic. So let me take an example. I'm going to take an example that a lot of people probably know. Perrin had his site and his new site that we talked about on the blog. And he was making several thousand dollars from Amazon per month. But it was slowing down, right? The, the growth rate was getting into a single digits. Or like you know, low two digits per month, and so it was. It's definitely a dip in motivation, even though he was making a full-time income at that point already. He was running these Amazon reviews, but he was also using informational content to generate links to his site. So he was using the skyscraper method, and he you know because his site looked like it was full of informational content, he, he would convince a lot of people to link to him. But that informational content was only doing that. It was essentially a simple WordPress blog post with nothing around. So I was like, man, it's like that content is getting a bunch of traffic. Why don't we put display ads around those? And you know, we, we can set rules. We use Ad Inserter as a WordPress plugin to show the ads on the informational content, but not on the review content, so that it wouldn't affect his Amazon revenue at all. And he did that. And after a little bit of optimization for two or three weeks, he generated an extra $2,500 per month, actually. And that grew his business by almost 50% actually at the time. Now he makes more money, but at the time it was around 50% growth in like two or three weeks, which it would be very hard to achieve that by scaling up the business model he has. Now, it doesn't just apply to people that use Amazon sites and then have informational content. It can also be people that have informational content and monetize with ads and adding Amazon links when you mention products like the same way I talked about in the number two point. It can be adding, add around your content if you're doing using your content to generate an email list like we just talked about. It can also be that you're running all these things, but you can start accepting sponsored posts on your site. Now, sponsored posts, just, just be careful. You need to no-follow the backlinks if you want to be within the Google's terms of service, but it's absolutely fine to sell a blog post on your blog, provided you don't give any do-follow link to the company that paid for it. All that can be capturing emails if you are doing ads. It's just like whatever business you model you're not doing. Usually, you can stack on top and increase your revenue per thousand visitor quite significantly. More than yeah, really doing tiny optimization of what's already working pretty well for you. Anything you want to say about this point?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, the another thing that people do a lot is they actually rather than being an affiliate for. Uh, promoting someone else's product they create their own products if it's like an info product which in many cases is a, a is a good example but you have to be quite careful you're not doing that too soon and you need to know that you can actively sell a similar sort of affiliate product before you get into into that but yeah it can be a really good way to actually start building a a list of buyers and extend your brand a lot more and it sort of paves the way to creating much more expensive like bigger bigger courses and products and stuff down the line which you can really start to make a lot of money from.
1: Yeah. I mean there's also the like people that do Amazon associates and like, you know, actually start having their products on FBA and just replace the number one with their own. Fulfillment
0: by Amazon. So that's like they they start selling the products themselves
1: yeah and then instead of making like seven or eight percent, they make like thirty or forty percent from that sale. And that generates quite a lot more revenue. So that is the kind of stuff like we stacking business model, especially when there's synergies, it really adds up. And that's why you know a lot of people before they were talking about, oh, you need to build many sites and diversify the risk, et cetera. You know that was the credo of niche size builder, and that's why they were building so many sites. Well, I believe that now it's more about building one strong site that you can then, build multiple businesses on. And, you know, that's what more and more people are realizing and doing. And, like, we're doing a lot of market research with Perrin lately, and I see that a lot. I see a lot of people starting to swap from many sites to few sites with a model, business models running on one. So that is that point. Now, let's talk about number five, which is something that happened to us recently, actually. So I'm going to start with a story this time, actually. The story is, Health Emission was doing... Pretty okay at the beginning of the year. It was doing great, actually. It was a huge growth spike. I think we got a 50% growth spike in January, right? So, yeah, that made us happy. But over time, the traffic was declining quite a lot. And if you check in HRFs, you will see what happened. It's like we had a huge spike in January in organic traffic. And over time, you know, the niche naturally decreases over time. But the decrease was pretty significant, and the truth is, you know, we had been working on the site and adding more plugins and monetization stuff, etc. Basically, we made the site more complicated. And as a result, the site was like really slow to load. Like, you know, it would load, it would take like seven, eight, nine seconds sometimes to load. I'm not sure if there was no like malware on it, etc. It was not very good, to be honest. And I suspected that that might be something that is actually declining, like, you know, pushing the decline of the website as more sites are getting are actually, you know, getting out there and getting better. So what we did is we did, we upgraded all the infrastructure and we also did a massive content audit. So I'm just going to tell you a few things that you want to do, but essentially that point is like upgrade your Technical structure, especially if you're making you know more money than you were a year ago. Like you know, if you're making 50% 100% more money, like it's time to spend a little bit of that money back into tech and make your site a little bit more professional. And in that case, for uh, for health ambition, I mean, we've been building links, we've been doing a lot sort of stuff. But if you check in Ahrefs around the uh, uh, the 10th of July, we actually did that all these updates and traffic basically increased by 20% overnight and that, and revenue did as well right. So let me just list everything that we did that you can start thinking about. First of all we did this giant content audit so we deleted a bunch of content. I mean I, I unpublished a bunch of content that just didn't fit the scope of the website like I narrowed the scope of the website a lot more. I think it needs to be narrowed even more but that was the first step and I think I unpublished like 60 pieces of content, I think, back then. Some pieces of content, they were like within the scope, but not very good. So I got a bunch re-edited. I talked with our editor. She worked a bunch of that. It got re-edited, reformatted, republished. We recategorized everything. So we built more logical ways of grouping content together, these silos, etc. Once again, far from perfect right now. And there's a lot of work, but it was better. And I got one person that works for us to fix a bunch of broken links and images and out-of-stock products on Amazon, like anything that would link to a 404, anything that would be a broken image, we fixed a lot of that. In terms of tech, we also upgraded to a new server. We moved to HTTPS, which, by the way, if you do, we probably do a whole podcast on moving to HTTPS, but if you do it properly, like it doesn't drop your traffic. It, not, not at all. We just went up and up from that point. So it's not, it's not the horror story a lot of people talk about. We hired the guys from WPFaster.org to optimize our WordPress installation, which it's very good by the way. Like These guys are pretty good and it's not very expensive as well. I think it was like $300 to optimize the site, which you know you would pay more if you hired someone on Upwork that knows what they're doing. And we got security to actually re-secure the whole site and purge any kind of like dodgy file or whatever to make sure that it's 100% secure and everything. And yeah, as as we did all these things and we essentially upgraded the infrastructure and and did a bit of a content audit, yeah, traffic went up 20% literally overnight. Like, I went to bed and I woke up and all our keywords were up 20%. So if you're making money with the traffic you're getting from Google especially, uh, doing that kind of stuff, especially if you do it right, is quite powerful so i I
0: think the caveat there is if you're making money this is absolutely not something to do if you're six weeks into starting a new site it's like an optimization rather than you know a business model in itself
1: yeah for sure i mean like the, the title of the podcast is make money with your existing site make more money with your existing site so this implies that you're making money already yeah if you're not yeah don't don't waste your time it's, it's like start and then optimize later when you make some money. You can make. We were making money without these optimizations. There was still income coming to the website. So it's not like something that's preventing you from making money. It's not something you can blame for not making money. It's something else yeah, yeah. where you're not making money. Do you want to talk about the next one?
0: Yeah, okay. So this is it's this next section is called mapping your out your funnel. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, about three or four weeks ago. And he was telling me about his plan to release a new video series, and spent all this time making all this really good content to try and promote his product. Which his product is a, a course about um, teaching people how to freelance online. And you know, it sounded great in in theory, but I was like, okay, let's actually just take a quick look at your funnel. Like, so what's your what's your overall conversion rate? and He had no idea. Like, he had literally never looked at it. And. I think a lot of people are, are in a similar boat. They they have an idea of how much money they're making in because they see a check coming in each month or uh, some affiliate paying some money in their PayPal account each month, but they don't actually really understand their, their, their funnel fully. So I was like, take a piece of paper or you know do it digitally, whatever you want, and just draw out your funnel. What is the entire step-by-step process from, you know, your landing pages to email opt-ins to emails that you send, open rates, click-through rates, everything through to your sales page, how many people clicking on the buy link, how many people who click the buy link actually end up checking out, that kind of stuff. Um, And just draw the whole thing out and put numbers next to each of them, you should have most of that data already if you're if you're using Google Analytics, and find the weak points. And very, very quickly, it became obvious that there was a couple of like really horrific uh,
1: gaps. What was the problem?
0: Uh, so there's two. One was the checkout drop-off rate. Something like 70% of people who clicked the buy button didn't complete the purchase. So... There was issues to be to be fixed with the cart, nothing technically, but just more around sort of trust and and that yeah. kind of impression. And the other was the email opt-in rate. This guy had been had a a, a lead magnet for I think like two or three years now, and it was converting at zero point two percent, which is pretty pretty bad. And so, you know, the next day basically he launched a test, and immediately, even the first thing he tried more than doubled it in, in like a week uh, after a week of testing. That's, and so really just by having this kind of funnel drawn out or however you want to display it, you can use something like Hotjar if you if you really want to get it set up nice, but you don't have to use a software solution. You can just go old school on this and use that as a framework for where to start. Find the the poor converting areas and then just work on those individually.
1: Yeah, I think it's quite important. The thing is like, setting up the analytics is the hard part actually yeah i think uh i mean it's something that we can definitely do a better job at as well i would say Uh, we're not analytics experts like we're more like content marketing experts but yeah it's it's definitely it's quite important to understand at least the basic metrics i know we track that every month like open rate clicks rate etc and it's yeah, it's something that most people don't do. It they should do more. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the last point because we're we're getting to the end of that podcast, guys. And that is something that I think we we've been very guilty of for a while, and that has costed us easily tens of thousands of dollars. And that is periodically run market slash monetization research. If you like, as if you were entering the market again. So let me just explain the context. When you start making decent money from a website, you know, whatever you do whether you do re- reviews or you do funnels or you do advertising whatever it is, you're making money and you're trying to optimize what you have and you're really focused on the little like you know, little micro environment with the elements that you know very well. The problem is while you're doing all that stuff the market is evolving. There's new products coming out, there's new offers coming out, there's new advertising networks coming out and because you're so focused and you're making money and, and, and you don't really want to risk it. Once you've been working for like six months, a year to uh, to really make some money from that site and you didn't at the beginning, you're like, yeah, I have the best setup. I have the best setup. There's no way it can be something better. Well, truth is often there is. And for example, in our case, like you know, we we had this list of our ClickBank offers that we promote to our email list that worked really well. We also had like we were doing reviews and stuff and we stuck to those because it was Pretty good money. And in the meantime, we, uh, you know, there was a bunch of products released on these marketplaces and we have completely ignored them. We didn't check it out and we missed an opportunity to be promoting these things first, you know, and, and take some risk. But sometimes these risks, these risks really pay off. Like when you're the first one putting an offer in front of people, there is quite a bit of money to be made. So, and there are like what we've been testing recently, like, Offers converting higher than the stuff that we've been doing. We could have increased our revenue by 20, 30, 40% sometimes. So, what I recommend people do and what we've now implemented is first of all, sign up for all the affiliate networks that you can. So, like, you know, we've signed up for things like PeerFly lately, we've signed up for, we've re signed up for Commission Junction, which we didn't use for a long time, all these big networks, et cetera, so that you can have access to a lot a lot of affiliate offers. And usually what we do is we... Using,
0: by the way, using odigger.com is a good sort yeah. of search tool to search across many of them without having to register.
1: Yeah, Odigger and OfferVault are essentially like affiliate marketing search engines. They're okay. There's not everything there. So you should definitely also sign up for the networks. But it's it's a good way to get an idea of what's behind the networks once you've signed up, which can take some time. You need to talk to affiliate managers, etc. It's a bit of work. But sign up for these and essentially once every six to 12 months, spend a whole day on them, like listing out all the offers. And usually we make a spreadsheet with like the stuff that we know converts and we stuff the stuff that we should probably be trying. So next time we, we have a hole in the email schedule, et cetera, we can just try that offer. So that is one thing to do. The other thing that we like to do as well is probably computers are doing that stuff as well. And they are trying things and they are figuring out what will make them more money. So what we like to do is we like to create a separate email, sign up for the commuters email lists. So like, you know, I have an email. uh, I can't remember the email. I'm not going to give it on the podcast anyway. Uh, But I have an email where I sign up and... And it's like all the commuters' emails get there. And once a week, usually on Sunday afternoon or something, I just take my iPad and I go through all of them. And every time there's something new, especially when they're doing affiliate marketing that comes my way, I just add it to this, oh, maybe we should check it out thing. I usually Google it to find which network runs it or if it's an independent offer and look at the payouts, look if it would match what we do. And if it could, then add it to that, oh, we probably should be testing that stuff list. And then when we test it, if it goes well, then we run it second time, third time, etc. And eventually they make it to the list of our confirmed offers that do well. And the same way, you know, as there is new offers that come in and do well, you know, offers that you've been running for a long time will also stop working. I think that's happening on House Ambition, Mark, right? Like some offers that we run too many times end up not working
0: anymore. Yeah, yeah. there's a certain level of saturation happens when you... You know, show the same offer to people again and yeah. again and again and again and again. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's worth it's worth like doing that kind of analysis like uh, for the networks. I'd say every six to twelve months because it really is time taking. For the emails, like just, just create one big email and just sign up for all these email lists. And essentially, your competitors are sending you email copies and offers directly to, your, to an inbox. It, they're doing a lot of the work for you. So it's probably worth doing that. I really like doing that. And if you're doing any kind of email marketing, but it's not just email marketing, right? You could be putting offers on your thank you page, for example. When people sign up, you could be having like a recommended deals page. Like you don't necessarily have to do email marketing for this stuff to work. It's just
0: it, to get it, the ideas,
1: yeah. Also, you know, these product names, they usually have search volume. So like doing reviews, doing that kind of stuff, it definitely works as well. So it's it's worth doing that every six to 12 months. All right. This is the fourth time we record that podcast. And I think we went through, Mark. Congratulations. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so guys, we're going to actually close the podcast here. Just a reminder, we are opening Authority Hacker Pro on Monday, but there is an early bird list. We're going to give a discount to people that sign up for the early bird list before. So if you are interested in learning how to build highly profitable authority websites, we have a ton of training. We have over 200 training videos. We have an active Facebook community. We have monthly webinars with experts and nurses giving feedback, lots of stuff. you get all the details on Monday. But uh, if you are somewhat interested, I recommend you go on authorityhacker.com/pro right now and you'll be able to be on the early bird list and you'll get all the information first and you'll get a discount on monday so thanks for listening and we'll see you guys on monday now bye Bye.
0: thanks for listening to the authority hacker podcast
1: if you enjoyed this show don't forget to rate us on itunes
0: and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium authority hacker training